Welcome to Your Wealth, Your Legacy, a podcast by Prairie Wood Wealth Management, where we cover the latest in investment, tax, estate, and charitable giving strategies to help you keep more of what you make, make more with what you have, and create a legacy that lasts beyond your lifetime. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Here are your hosts, Nathan Anderson and Steve Nelson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Wealth, Your Legacy. I'm your host, Nathan Anderson, here with my co-host, Steve Nelson. Welcome, Steve. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and excited to talk about today's topic, backdoor Roth IRA contributions. This is one of the area where we've helped a lot of clients and individuals significantly reduce their taxes that they pay over their lifetime. Yes, the tax savings from a backdoor Roth strategy can be substantial, and we're going to talk about that later on in the podcast. But before we get into really explaining the backdoor Roth strategy, I think it's important to give some background on what the strategy is and, and why it's important. And so to start off, a backdoor Roth strategy is the result of income limitations that reduce the ability of high income taxpayers to benefit from traditional and Roth IRA accounts. And so a backdoor Roth strategy is a way for these high income families to access the benefits of tax-free investing and tax-free growth that Roth IRAs provide, despite the income limits that are in place. So I think before we get into all the details on the backdoor Roth, the best place to start is really on a, on a recap of traditional and Roth IRA accounts. So, you know, high level, both accounts, traditional and Roth, provide ways for individuals to save tax efficiently for retirement. Both accounts allow investments within the accounts to grow without being taxed on an annual basis. The difference is that the traditional IRA provides for a tax deduction up front when the contributions are made. Well, a Roth IRA provides for tax-free withdrawals on the back end when the money is taken out. Overall, the tax benefits of these accounts add up to be pretty substantial over time. So because these benefits are substantial, Congress has actually put income limits in place to restrict certain individuals and certain high-income families from receiving the benefits that these accounts provide. So for example, just kind of walking through thresholds and, and income limits, the limits that we're going to talk about here are for 2022, and they're based on married couples. And so for a married couple in 2022, contributions to a Roth IRA are not allowed after income exceeds $214,000. So once you've exceeded $214,000, you're not allowed to make a, a direct Roth IRA contribution. Similarly, when you look at traditional IRAs, there's also income limits, but the income limits for the traditional IRAs focus on whether the contribution is deductible, not so much on whether it's actually allowed to be made. And so for a traditional IRA, the deductibility of the contributions are limited for individuals who are covered by workplace retirement plans. So like a 401k, 403b, plans at work that are providing for their retirement. So married individuals who are covered by a retirement plan at work are not allowed to deduct their traditional IRA contribution if their, their income exceeds $129,000. Similarly, if you're married and let's say you're not covered by a retirement plan at work, but your spouse is, you have a different income limit, which is 214,000. So if your income is over 214,000, you're not able to deduct any traditional IRA contributions. And then for the individuals who are working and neither spouse is covered by a retirement plan at work, there is no income limit on deducting your traditional IRA contribution. Most families where both spouses are working generally are going to have at least one spouse covered by a retirement plan at work. But in cases where individuals are self-employed or, or individuals are working for small employers, 
there are cases where both spouses may not be covered by a retirement plan at work. And in those cases, their traditional IRA contributions would be deductible regardless of income levels. But for most families, these income limits are going to apply and restrict the ability of families from deducting traditional IRA contributions. Yeah, Nathan, that's correct. And that takes out a lot of you know high-income families to be able to contribute to a, a Roth IRA. And so this is where the backdoor Roth IRA comes in. You know, the key when Nathan was going through the contribution limits is that traditional IRAs, those limits only focus on the deductibility of the contribution. Regardless of your income, anyone can make a traditional IRA contribution as long as they have earned income. Exactly. And so when you think about that, if, you know, one of the major benefits of a traditional IRA is the fact that you get the deduction for making the contribution. So if, you know, you have income over a certain limit and you lose that benefit, that's a significant loss. But the benefit of a backdoor Roth IRA is you can make that non-deductible contribution to the traditional IRA and then immediately convert that contribution amount to a Roth IRA. And so ultimately, in the end, you end up with your entire contribution sitting in a Roth IRA. And it's almost the same thing as if you made a direct Roth IRA contribution, except that you're able to avoid the income limits by doing it in a roundabout way or a backdoor way. And the, the technical reason why this works is when you don't get the deduction for it, you have basis in the IRA. And so that basis eliminates the normal tax event of a Roth conversion. Yep, that's right. So to simplify, basically you can do a non-deductible traditional IRA contribution and then immediately convert that to a Roth account, pay no tax on the conversion because you had basis in the traditional IRA since the contribution was not deductible. And in the end, you end up with a contribution that's sitting in a Roth IRA account and it can grow tax-free for the rest of your life. You just had to go a roundabout or a backdoor way of making the contribution. So ultimately, the way that you avoid the income limits is by making the non-deductible traditional IRA contribution, which has no income limits associated with it. And then you just convert it to a Roth account. And there's also no income limits associated with a Roth conversion. And so that's why the backdoor Roth process works. One question that we get quite often is how much can this benefit me? Like what are the tax savings involved? And so I think the easiest way to explain that is just to go through an example. And so let's take a married couple. Both spouses make the maximum traditional IRA contribution of $6,000 each. If they're age 50 or over, they can actually do an extra $1,000. But in our example, we'll just assume they both make $6,000 contributions. So $12,000 total. And we typically look at this over a very long time period. So in our example, we'll look at 40 years. The reason that we look at such a long time period is because the tax benefits of Roth IRAs are very significant. The fact that they can grow tax-free for life, there's no required minimum distributions where you have to take the money out at a certain age. And that combined with a lot of the longevity statistics that we're seeing, you know, even a couple that's approaching retirement where both spouses are healthy, generally there's a 50-50 chance that at least one spouse lives till age 90. And so given those stats, when individuals are making backdoor Roth contributions during their working years or even approaching retirement, typically these funds are going to stay in the Roth account for a very long time. And so we use 40 years in our example. If we also assume that the investments generate a 7% return over that 40-year period, those $12,000 of initial contributions will eventually grow to $179,000 at the end of the 40-year period. And so if you look at the tax consequence, if this 
couple did not do a backdoor Roth contribution, they would have $167,000 of taxable gain. So $179,000 account balance minus the $12,000 contribution. If they had to sell those assets and take that money out to support their living expenses, they would have $167,000 of capital gain that they would have to pay tax on. And just assuming you know a 15% capital gains rate, let's assume a 5% state tax rate, that's 20% of the $167,000 of gain that would go to the government in taxes. And that adds up to be about $33,500. Now, granted, that's tax that you would pay in 40 years, but it's still tax that you would pay. And so that's substantial tax savings over the course of your lifetime from a single backdoor Roth IRA contribution. And that's just one year. You can do this multiple years as long as you have earned income. That's right. So if we look at basically the exact same example, except that we assume that this couple does backdoor Roth contributions every year for the 40 years, at the end of the 40-year time period, assuming the 7% rate of return, this couple would have total account balances in their Roth accounts of over $2.5 million, and the total tax savings over that same time period would be $416,000. And so implementing this strategy over a lifetime can have substantial tax savings. And I would even say that's conservative because once you turn 50, there's an extra $1,000 catch-up provision, and all of these limits are indexed to inflation. So we're quoting the 2022 limits. The IRS just announced the 2023 limits, and it's going to go up by $500 per individual. Exactly. So Steve, you know, I think we've covered at least high level the benefits of the backdoor Roth contribution. I know a lot of people are interested in this, and often we've had individuals come to us who have tried to do backdoor Roth contributions and have made some mistakes. What is one of the most common mistakes that people run into when they try to do backdoor Roth contributions? Yeah, many people aren't aware of what's called the pro rata rule. And so what that says is to determine the amount that's taxable, you have to look in all your pre-tax retirement accounts, whether that's traditional IRAs, SEP IRAs, or simple IRA balances. And when you say determining the amount that's taxable, what we're talking about there is the portion of the conversion from the traditional IRA to the Roth that's part of that backdoor Roth contribution. What portion of that is taxable? In order for a backdoor Roth to work correctly, ideally none of it would be taxable. Yep, that's correct. So when we say in that case, like pre-tax IRA accounts, we're talking specifically IRA accounts, not necessarily pre-tax 401k or, or employer-based plans, but it's specifically traditional IRAs, SEP IRAs, and simple IRAs. Yep, that's correct. So as an example of the pro rata rule, let's just assume that somebody has made a $6,000 non-deductible traditional IRA contribution. They're going to try to do a backdoor Roth. And let's also assume that they have a SEP IRA that's outstanding. And let's say there's $94,000 in the SEP IRA. So between the SEP IRA and the traditional IRA, they have $100,000. 6000 of it is after tax because of the non-deductible traditional IRA contribution. And the other 94000 in the SEP IRA is pre-tax. It'd be very easy for the individual to assume that if they convert the 6000 for the traditional IRA to a Roth, that it's all non-taxable because they can specifically trace it to their non-deductible contribution. But that's unfortunately not the case. What the IRS is going to say is, you have a traditional IRA and you have a SEP IRA, we treat that as one account, and across that one combined account, you have $6,000 of basis and $100,000 of total value. So only 6% of your value represents basis. So when you do that $6,000 conversion out of the traditional IRA to the Roth, 
only 6% of it is going to be a tax-free conversion. The rest of it's going to be taxable. And so that's, a, that's an issue that a lot of people run into and overlook the fact that all traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, and SEP IRAs are grouped together when calculating the taxable value of a Roth conversion. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. But it's also important to know that if it's a married couple filing jointly on their tax return, each individual is separate for the calculation. And so the pro rata rule is by individual, even if you're filing married filing joint tax return. Yeah, that's a good point. So if a husband has a traditional IRA and a SEP IRA out there, and let's say a wife does not, the husband's accounts are not factored into the wife's pro rata rule calculation. So oftentimes we see one spouse being able to do a backdoor Roth, whereas the other spouse is not able to. The other thing to think about is if you do have you know, other traditional IRA, SEP IRA, or simple IRA balances out there, there are options to work around the pro rata rule. So any balances in a 401k account or employer-based plan that's not an IRA-based plan is not counted for purposes of the pro rata rule. And so if you have a traditional IRA or a SEP IRA and you're able to roll that over to an employer-based plan, that removes it from the pro rata rule calculation. Another option is, and this works very well, if the IRA balance is small or if you're in a very low tax bracket, sometimes it's worth considering just converting that balance to Roth to remove it from the traditional IRA, SEP IRA, or simple IRA balance. Another thing that might trip up people when doing the backdoor Roth is actually the tax reporting. It's very important when you make a non-deductible IRA contribution that you file form 8606 on your tax return. This is the form that tracks your basis in your IRA contributions. If Form 8606 is not filed, then the IRS will assume that it's taxable when you make the conversion. And this is a result of the tax form you get from your custodian, which is Tax Form 1099-R, that will show this conversion amount as taxable with a box underneath it that says tax amount not determined. Because the custodian has no way to know if you took the tax deduction on your personal return. Yep. So basically, Form 8606 is your way to report to the IRS that you did not take a deduction. And so as a result, the conversion is not taxable. And so it's in your best interest to file the form so that you don't end up paying tax on a conversion that you don't need to. And most tax preparers know how to handle this if you tell them that you're doing the backdoor Roth strategy, but you need to tell them kind of what you're doing in, in advance. Okay, so now that we've covered really the backdoor Roth strategy, let's think about some practical applications. You know, who is this most applicable to? Who is an ideal candidate to benefit from backdoor Roth contributions? So I think the first place to start is, you know, really backdoor Roth contributions are created as a way to work around some of the income limits for benefiting from traditional IRAs and Roth IRA contributions. So the first person is someone with income that's above the threshold. So somebody who's fully phased out and making direct contributions. Yeah. And the next one would be people that aren't subject to the pro rata rule, because if you have large amounts of pre-tax traditional SEP or simple IRA balances, it's going to make almost all of the conversion taxable, which is not what you want to do. To get around the pro rata rule, you'd have to either convert those balances to Roth or roll them back into a, an employer-based plan like a 401k if it accepts incoming rollover. So basically, if you're an individual who either doesn't have any other pre-tax IRA accounts, 
or has a 401k plan that you like that accepts rollovers, or if your IRA balances are small and you are in a low bracket and are comfortable converting those to Roth, then you know often a backdoor Roth ends up making very good sense. And then the final thing is the individual or the family needs to have cash flow to make the contributions. So for 2022, the limits on IRA contributions are $6,000 per individual, and that's then $12,000 for a married couple. That's if you're under 50. If you're over 50, you can add $1,000 per person to this amount. Okay, so that's an overview of the backdoor Roth IRA strategy. To summarize, most high-income individuals and families are restricted from the primary benefits of traditional and Roth IRAs, specifically due to the income limits. And so a backdoor Roth IRA strategy provides a way to work around the limits while still complying with the current tax law and ultimately can provide significant tax savings over the course of an individual's lifetime. For those who are interested in learning more about the backdoor Roth IRA strategy, we would recommend you check out our blog post on our website. And we go into more detail there and we include calculations and charts that are helpful to see. For those of you who are interested in working with a family CFO to determine if a backdoor Roth IRA strategy is appropriate for your family, we would love to connect to see if what we do is right for you. Just go to our website at pw-wm.com and you can connect with us through our free evaluation button on the homepage. That's all we have for today. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Wealth, Your Legacy by Prairiewood Wealth Management. If you have comments, questions, or would like to learn more about working with Prairiewood Wealth Management, we would love to hear from you. Please visit us at our website, pw-wm.com, or email us at service at pw-wm.com. If you find our podcast helpful, leave us a review and share it so others can find us as well. Thanks for listening as we continue our quest to help others keep more of what they make, make more with what they have, and create a legacy that will last beyond their lifetime. The information discussed on this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not represent investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed are those of Prairiewood Wealth Management and are subject to change not guaranteed and should not be considered recommendations to buy or sell any security. While past performance of market results may be discussed, it does not provide any assurance of future performance. The information presented herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable but is not guaranteed.